This episode is sponsored by TrueLearn, an exam prep company best known for their smart banks that turn your weak areas into your strengths. TrueLearn is the only company I trusted for Comlex Level 1 prep last year and Level 2 prep this year. Each TrueLearn practice question has detailed answer explanations and concise bottom lines for customizable studying. TrueLearn also has amazing USMLE smart banks, as well as subscriptions for shelf or comat exams. Go to TrueLearn.com and use one of my special discount codes I have for up to $35 off your subscription. Special discount codes can be found in the episode description. TrueLearn is the first line solution for excelling on exams. My name is Aubrey Ann Jackson, and this is First Line. Here to bring listeners of all backgrounds together to discuss whole body health and wellness. Through an osteopathic lens, First Line covers tangible ways to improve your health, hot topics in healthcare, the journey to becoming a physician, mental health, relationships, and even philosophy, all while holistically addressing the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Hello everyone, this is episode 50 of First Line, and that means that we're coming up on a year since I debuted the trailer. Because of the feedback that I've gotten and how many people choose to listen, I was really motivated to really be on top of making episodes. And so since this is episode 50, I've been able to reflect on this a little bit more And I'm so proud of how the podcast has developed and what it is now today. And so the next episode that comes out on July 4th is going to be the debut of what I will call season two. And so you'll see that I have been changing every step of the way, but I think this idea of season two is really going to be a good way to make some changes just to make the second year of first line a little bit different from the first year of first line. It's really special because when I start season three, I'll be able to introduce myself as doctor because I will have received my DO at that point. And that's really special to me. And I think that this podcast is really special because I started it before I could introduce myself as doctor. You'll see a lot of doctors that have podcasts, it's always doctor. It's what they use for their legitimacy for good reason because they have education to back it up. But very few of them started before they became a doctor, before they had more legitimacy. I honestly don't think a degree should stand in the way of education and to help people. So Yes, being a doctor actually enables you to help people in the hospital because you need a degree for that. But as far as me using a platform like a podcast or an Instagram account to share and to educate, you don't need a degree for that. Degrees do help. They add legitimacy. But I'm really glad that I can go into being a new doctor already having this purpose of educating and of sharing and of spreading word about important issues and about advocating for the osteopathic medical profession. 
So I never felt like other people with having to wait until I had the degree to start something because I started something two years sooner. And that means I have two years of weekly 20 to 30 minute episodes that I share on important topics that people can listen to. That's hours and hours of material that I am sending out into the world. That to me, it feels really good. So podcasts really are special. And that's why I wanted to take this episode to speak about starting a podcast. Using my experience as the centerpiece, but offering advice to others that might want to start their own podcast too. Or if you just want to hear what my experience is like, just for that insight, that's great too. But my purpose is to also inspire with this episode. Of course, I am no expert. There's a lot of people out there who have started numerous podcasts and there's people that have started podcasts that were way more successful than mine, um, even from the start. I think building something from the ground up when you don't have any foundation of really work from is an additional challenge that the vast majority of people would be dealing with. So for a lot of people, I especially think of celebrities that then start podcasts. Well, they already have a huge following of people that of course are going to listen to their podcast as soon as it's uploaded. But for me, really only the people who really care about me, my family and my friends, and not everyone did, but the ones that really care about me, they listened to my podcast. And that's it, right? And that was what I started out with. Obviously, when I post to Instagram and I make a Facebook page, I am spreading word a little bit more and I've gotten the vast majority of my listeners that way. So I've gotten most of my listeners very organically. So I had to work for it. My first few episodes had very few listens. Now they actually are pretty much on par with the rest of my episodes because listeners will listen to episodes that they find interesting and then they go back and they listen to past episodes. What really is important is that I got out episodes regularly. You keep making content. Your listeners are going to go back and listen to that content. So I did start it from nothing, which my experience really isn't that unique starting from nothing. I think that's probably what most people are dealing with. But I just wanted to start out by saying that because, yes, there are people that are more successful, but I think my experience is probably more relatable. So what I wanted to discuss first is having a vision for the podcast. So for me... I thought for years about making a podcast and I just imagined myself just talking about whatever I wanted to talk about because I had just had this feeling that I had so much to say and didn't really have a platform for it. And myself being a regular podcast listener, I just looked up so much to the podcast hosts of my favorite podcasts and just wanted to be like them, especially the hosts that have a primary goal of educating and do solo episodes. 
I just really admired that they took the time to just share knowledge and share experience with other people. And I really wanted to do that. After starting medical school, of course, there's this flood of information that you're learning. And while I was learning it, I really thought, well, wow, I'm learning things and I'm changing my life based off of what I'm learning. I'm eating healthier. I'm exercising more. I'm sleeping better because I have this fundamental understanding of the human body and pathological processes and risk factors for disease. I thought, well, gosh, whenever I would see the doctor, they would never really educate me on any of this. That's why there's so much magazines and blogs and TikTok videos of different biohacks and healthy recipes and a lot of times none of these sources can really be trusted because you don't really know where they're getting their information from and I thought well gosh shouldn't this advice come from doctors then I realized well doctors only have five to ten minutes with a patient and usually it is very much centered on business of what did you come in with how can I fix it and then you're good to go even if it's a well check, there's not enough time to go over everything. So I really just felt this need, especially since I wanted to go into medicine because I wanted to have this sort of educational piece involved in this. I wanted not only people to be without disease or to have their disease cured, but I wanted people to be healthy. So even during my clinical rotations, I was learning that well, there's so much disease out there. The population of a whole is missing out on this health education. So I really thought about this and I was thinking, well, a podcast might be really good for this. And I was going to start it after I graduated. I had perspective. I had experiences that I wanted to share and I was sharing with a lot of people, a lot of underclassmen. I was sharing a lot of my experience. So I was like, wow, I could easily make episodes and episodes about this. And so I started thinking about starting a podcast earlier rather than later. In my second year, I was really starting to think about it, but I kept saying, well, I need to do boards first. I need to make sure that I am all set up for matching in the residency. I wouldn't want starting anything new to get in the way of that. So essentially, I gave myself permission that the day after I took Comlex level one, I was starting to record the trailer. Yeah, I knew that I at least had a week or so after boards that I could start this because it does take a lot of time at the get-go to form a trailer to be able to not just have a vision for the podcast of what you want to talk about but also to put it into words in a summary a like one paragraph statement about what your podcast is going to be about and for me, this was kind of hard because I wanted to talk about a bunch of different things. Yes, I want to educate and help people live healthier lives, but I also knew I wanted to speak about my experience in medical school and help other medical students. So in both ways, it's very education dominant. So I knew I wanted to do that, but putting that into words was a process. 
and I actually probably thought about the first like four or five episodes before I even did the trailer because I wanted to make sure that I had enough ideas that I could keep going because it's a really bad sign if you really can only think of three episode ideas. Well, then your podcast is going to be three episodes long and then just you're going to run out of things to talk about. And that's why it's important that your vision is also pretty broad, that it can cover a, a bunch of different topics. Like if I started just wanting to talk about my experience in medical school and give advice to other medical students, I'd probably run out of things to talk about pretty quickly. So it's good that I had multiple things. And then you can think of, is it time limited? Because if I just wanted to talk about my personal experience in medical school, I would only have the podcast for two years because I then would graduate. But I really wanted this to be something that I could have even as a physician. Think about that too with your podcast. Does it have a time limit? And really make sure that it has longevity, which is super important. If you have people that maybe would want to listen, but your first few episodes, the titles are not really interesting to them and the episode descriptions don't really entice them to listen, then you just lost a listener that down the line when you created other episodes, they might have been interested in them, but because they already looked at your podcast and they already decided that it's probably not a good podcast for them, then that's a listener that you lost. So it's important to make sure that you're kind of showing the best that you have. And for me, my first few episodes were really tying together the theme of the podcast as a whole. So what I mean by that is that I had my first episode called COVID and Resilience. We were really coming out of the really strict quarantine. So I wanted to talk about that experience. The episode was also gave tangible tips about practicing resilience. And part of this podcast is that I didn't want to just talk about things. I want to actually give advice that people can actually follow and make their lives better. Because if one person listens to my podcast and their life is better, then everything is worth it, right? So that was my first full-length episode. And then my second one, I wanted to talk about osteopathic medicine because part of this podcast is also being an advocate for the osteopathic medicine profession. And it's something I'm very passionate about. I chose to only apply to DO schools. I'd never applied to an MD school. I wanted to be a DO at the same time that I knew I wanted to be a doctor. So it was important for me to have an episode where I could talk in detail about osteopathic medicine. And then my third episode was about prevention, where I talked about longevity and cardiovascular health. So that was also tangible tips about leading a healthier life. Just one more is my fourth episode was medical school timeline explained. This was my first one that was supposed to help pre-meds and medical students that was the first one that was geared towards the medical field. So I try to include episodes for a variety of audiences. Many of my episodes are made for a general audience where I talk about a different health topic, whereas some of them I talk about how to study for complex level one and USMLE step one. And I talk about my own experience applying to medical school. So a lot of them are for everyone and a lot of them 
especially for people that are looking for that career that want to know what my experience was like because they might be going through it too. But sometimes if you're creating a podcast, you might have a much smaller a listener population, which for a lot of podcasts, that makes a lot of sense. Like if you have any sort of hobby podcast, like maybe you want to make a podcast about playing tennis, that is probably not going to appeal to the general population, but it will definitely appeal for tennis players. And tennis players will feel like the podcast is just for them. So that's something to just think about who is your audience. If you've listened to any of my other episodes, you'll know that I love to give tangible advice, things that you can actually follow and either make a change in your life or just something that you can actually do today. I talked a lot in this episode about more of the abstract of the sort of mindset of creating a podcast and having vision. So now is the time where I'm actually going to get a little bit more into the specifics. You're going to have to decide how you're going to record your podcast. And I believe there are a lot of podcasters, especially if you're first starting out, that will actually use an iPhone. The audio is completely fine. I believe most podcasters do use an actual microphone, but if iPhone is all you have and not having a microphone is the only thing that is keeping you back from starting your podcast, then I will say just go with the iPhone and just get started. That being said, for me personally, I do use a microphone. It's I really wish I could just tell you the brand and how much it costs, but I'm actually not sure because actually my husband had it first and then gave it to me. So I I really don't know how much it cost or uh, what brand it was, but it is just one that you can plug in using a USB into your computer, which makes it super easy to do. And it's just a, a stand up. It's pretty small. It's a condenser microphone and it has a filter on it, which is really all you need. And it's on a stand that I can comfortably just put on my desk. I've just been looking just at how much they usually go for. Yeah, there's a lot of fancy ones that are well over $100, but there are quite a few that appear to be good quality to me and even better microphones that I can see for less than $40 just with a simple search. Another thing to think about is how you're going to record your audio. So for me... They're not a sponsor, but I'll share the name anyway. I use the app Audacity. Also, someone that is actually a sponsor is Anchor, which Anchor allows you actually to record directly into their program. And they do have a really good program, but I just like to record it somewhere else and edit it somewhere else before I even upload it onto Anchor. And then I make further edits when I'm actually on Anchor. So Anchor is completely free to use. There are other platforms, and I actually did try one of those before I even did Anchor. But I only went so far as to upload my artwork, and then my husband actually told me about Anchor. And so I looked into Anchor, and I actually switched everything over. It really is a preference thing, but that would just be my recommendation to use Anchor for that. And there's also a bunch of other audio editing apps, which I actually haven't tried anything other than Audacity, but 
I did do a lot of research with different audio apps and a lot of them are pretty pricey. Audacity was free for me to download. It has everything that I need. You can do things like noise reduction for like background noise. You can normalize the audio. You can compress. There's actually a lot more than that that I don't even know about yet. But it's been interesting to also serve as the audio engineer for a podcast essentially because a lot of podcasts, like especially the ones that you can see celebrities run, they have people working for them that are audio engineers. So they will literally do the recording and then someone else does all of the edits to their audio and cuts out all of the lip smacking and the ums and the likes and any kind of filler words or awkward silences. All of that is done by someone else. And when you're starting a podcast, I will tell you, the editing process takes probably five times as much as actually recording. I can easily just sit down and talk and I don't have a script. I can easily do that. I know a lot of other people might not be like that where they would want to actually write a script ahead of time and read from the script. So that script writing would actually take a long time too. But for me, the bulk of the time is actually going back and editing. And I know that if I actually did write a script ahead of time, I don't think I would have nearly as much editing to do because I already had my thoughts organized. A 20 to 30 minute episode, a lot of times I have over 50 minutes of audio for that and I completely cut it out because I want to make these episodes super concise for my listeners. The point is here that you have to know kind of your approach if you're going to do your own recordings. So do you want to write a script ahead of time? You have to know if you're going to have other people on your show. So for me, I've been solo for 50 episodes now. I had one episode where I had a guest on and that was a really great episode. I loved that episode and I see myself having guests on in the future if I find someone that I feel is suitable and fits my vision for the podcast but I wouldn't want to have a co-host right I decided pretty early that I wanted it to stay just me I didn't want to bring on a friend or a family member to co-host with me because I didn't want to have to depend on anyone else. I wanted to be able to just sit down and record and not have to schedule when to record. I just wanted to do it whenever I felt the inspiration and be able to take advantage of the free time that I had whenever I have it. So I decided that, but if you have a sort of podcast idea and you have someone that's just as passionate as you are, then having a co-host is probably a good idea, but you really have to think of the pros and the cons there and Also know that you need to have a cohesive vision that you both share wholeheartedly and there's no disagreement from the start. But a lot of times when podcasts have co-hosts, it makes it a little bit more interesting because they have a conversation with each other and can be even more informative because you have two people talking instead of one. So that's something to think about. Going back to... Uh, formatting your episodes. Also want to know how long your podcasts are going to be. And I decided on 20 to 30 minutes, except when I have a guest on, uh, because that is the average commute time. But you might have to record an episode or two to realize what length you want to do. 
because you could record 20 minutes of audio and be like, oh my gosh, I have so much more to say. I feel like I didn't even say anything. I feel like I kind of broached a topic, but didn't really take a full dive. So maybe you want a longer podcast and maybe you record for 30 minutes and you're like, oh my gosh, I talked so slow trying to fill this time. And I already said what I wanted to say five minutes in and now there's just nothing. So maybe that's something that you would actually want to cut it down to maybe under 15 minutes an episode. And there's not a wrong way to do it. I see tons of podcasts that are popular that might have episodes over an hour long and then I see podcasts that are super popular and they're like five minutes long. So it really is just a preference and it's also based off of how much you're able to record and how much content you really have at whatever frequency your episodes come out. So that brings me to another point, which is figuring out your frequency. So my frequency is once a week. And that's because at the beginning, I actually had several, several episodes recorded and I just wanted to get them out. I even contemplated sending out two episodes a week because I was so excited to release information, but I knew that I wasn't going to be able to keep up with that pace once the school year started, because I was about to start my third year clinical rotations, and I had no idea how much time I would have to record. So I decided to just be patient and to stick with once a week. So I decided on weekly because, yes, I wanted to get the content out, but I also think that it is regular enough that people don't forget about me, right? And I think that's true with a lot of my podcasts that I listen to personally. The ones that I'm probably most excited about are the ones that I know come out on Tuesdays or I know come out on Wednesdays. So the day of the week I associate with the podcast, which adds so much more value because I think of, oh my gosh, I'm excited for Wednesdays. Oh my gosh, I'm excited for Thursdays because one of my favorite podcast episodes come out. So I really wanted my listeners to kind of have that kind of structure added so that they know that I am consistent. That being said, I also listen to a ton of podcasts that don't even have a schedule, that they just put out episodes when they put out episodes. So there's really no hype leading up to it. It's just like, oh yeah, there's an episode. I'll listen to it. Add it to my queue. But a lot of podcasts do pretty well with every other week too. And a few of the the podcasts I listen to actually have, they could do daily updates, which I would never be able to do. The more common way that I see is maybe twice or three times a week, but that's something that you're going to have to decide for yourself. Also based off of how much other things you have going in your life. If you work full time and you're a parent and you have a social life and you have other hobbies, then weekly might not be possible for you even. So that's just something that it really helps to figure it out before you start. But just because you start one way doesn't mean you can't change it. So just know that you're never locked in. Just because if you first set it at weekly and you realized it's it's too much for you, doesn't mean you stop podcasting. You can just switch to um, once every two weeks or even monthly if it works better for you. 
the big picture here is that there's a lot of way to do podcasting and there's a lot of ways to be successful at podcasting. So just because I share with you one way doesn't mean that it's the best way for you. But I hope that me sharing what I've done and what I've seen other people do can at least help to get you thinking about it. Well, wow, there was a lot in this episode. I hope this is helpful to you, even if you're just listening to learn what it was like to start my podcast and wanting to know what goes into producing a podcast. And I hope that if you are looking to start your own podcast, that this can be encouraging to you and help you with those initial steps that are so crucial. That's going to be all for now. And That concludes episode 50 of First Line, which means next week is going to be the start of season two. Thank you so much for listening. Again, I'm on Instagram at First Line Podcast. Also on Facebook, facebook.com slash First Line Podcast. You can reach out for any questions, comments, suggestions, feedback. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again.